This is Philly Sports with Giovanni. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Blitz is coming. Hurts sees it. Gets rid of it. It's caught for the touchdown! Here's your host, Giovanni Hamilton. Are you listening to this podcast and you're getting ready for week one and you don't have a place to place your bets? Well, guys, I have a solution for you. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest place to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available right from your mobile device. Head to the website or use the mobile device to sign up today and get in the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Hey guys, welcome back to the Giovanni Show. Today we have on Mike Garofolo. Mike, I would not rather have any other person on after this amazing week one of <laughs> NFL football to talk about football except for you. You flatter me, man. I appreciate it. And there's no place that uh, I'd rather be to unwrap, unwrap it all and, and go through it all. And, and it's the greatest sport uh, in the world. It's also the most heartbreaking and the most excruciating sport in the world. And, uh, it's the best soap opera you'd ever see. And, uh, man, we're, we're off to a flying start. Right. Week one of football, just amazing so far. Who saw the chiefs losing on Thursday? My gosh, nobody saw that coming. It was an amazing week one. So first off, I want to talk about you. Um, so obviously on NFL network, How is it, what is it like to be on NFL Network every day? The, uh, the, to be at a place that does only football, because I I used to be at, uh, yeah, I I started in newspapers and I was at Fox where I was part of Fox Sports when Fox Sports 1 launched and we were every sport, but to be at, at a place with the NFL network where it's all NFL all the time. And uh, I, I, you know, I laugh about this every year. Everybody says, what do you do in the off season? And I go, what do I do in the off season? I work harder. There's more news and stuff that you got to uh, kind of track and, and and keep tabs on and, and drum up sometimes. Whereas, you know, once you get into the season, you get that flow and the games are being played and it kind of sets it up nicely for you. And you just kind of have to react and analyze and all that stuff. So um, yeah, to, to be there 365 and all that said about the off season, when you get to the season, uh, you know, there's an old clip of Bill Parcells where he's telling the players, this is why you lift all them weights, right? So this is why I make that joke to, uh, Ian Rappaport and Tom Pelissero. This is why you make all those phone calls. This is why you send all those tweets because it's all about the games and the drama and everything underway. So it's a great feeling to know, you know, we help set the table to get here. Exactly. And that's what it's all about. Football 24-7. I love it. I love the NFL Network. My man, um, we're going to cut that use that for a promo, Gio. What do you think? <laughs> um, So what's been your favorite part of being on the NFL Network? I know you get to work with some amazing people every single day. I mean, yeah, you nailed it. It's, it's the camaraderie. It's the 
number of Hall of Famers that I've been able to work with uh, over the years. Uh, it's the other reporters and journalists that are, are out there and hustling and, and, and it's friendly competition sometimes. You know, we like to beat the other outlets and uh, anybody else that's, that's hustling up some information. A lot of times we like to beat each other, too. And when we lose... Even though we win as a team, you know, it's like, oh, man, my 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 own guy beat me some friendly fire there. So we want to uh, uh, do whatever we can to to sharpen our skills and, and move forward. So that that's it. I mean, I, you know, I saw Kurt Warner last night uh, when I got to the game and he did a hit before me before I set up uh, my hit for the Jets game. And uh, he's always there on on text. He'll, he'll send a text to all the reporters saying, hey, have a great season. Anybody, you guys need anything, anything I can help clarify, don't hesitate to reach out. It's like to have a guy with a gold jacket uh, who's sending you that text and, and you know, the, the respect that he gets. I mean, you see the players at the game come up to him. And I work with Steve Smith as well. Another guy who's going uh, to have a gold jacket in the near future. And you see the way the players respond to him. And I'm just standing there alongside. And, oh, yeah, hey, by the way, this is Mike right here. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> uh, it's, it's great to be a part of a team like that. Oh, for sure. Um, so now switching, let's talk about football. Yeah. The Eagles go against the Patriots and man, that defense is something else. I'll tell you number one defense in the league for a reason, but the offense, it seemed like they were hitting heavy out of the start, but they just could not get anything rolling, uh, from probably halftime and, and onward. So, uh, what do the Eagles need to do? Going into Thursday night, what is their key to success? Yeah, I'll be at that game Thursday night uh, with Steve Smith on the field pregame for NFL Network. And uh, I just got off the phone a short while ago with Josh Schwett, uh talking to him about this game coming up. And um, I said, you know, you go back to last year, that that Minnesota game where they got on them quickly. It was a, it was a Monday night game last year. This year, it's a Thursday night game against them. So you got on them quickly and, and, you, and you stayed on. I forget what the final score was. I haven't done all my homework. I've been so stuck on the, the Jets game and everything off of Sunday. I haven't looked forward to Thursday yet, but I will <clears throat> soon enough. But they 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 hit on they jumped on them early and they stayed on them early. And and Josh said, you gotta do that. We need to do a better job of that. We didn't do that against New England. Uh, and you saw what happened. They made the stop at the end. Uh thankfully the uh receiver's foot, I forget who it was, didn't have his his second foot down. Uh otherwise, perhaps New England's in business at that point. So you know, he said we got to get our bodies right because it was a very physical game for the defense. Uh, so we got to get our bodies right and be ready for Thursday, and also know uh, that we've got to start strong and finish strong. And and look, it's going to be for that defense. What happens without Nakobe Dean out there, a guy who you know did play well? And I know that there was questions: is he going to be able to hold up? And one game in, he he suffers an injury. That's a frustrating one. Uh, but he's the guy with the the dot calling the plays in the huddle. Uh, how does this happen now going forward with this defense? Are they going to miss him? And hopefully he won't be out too long. Yeah, exactly. Need a guy like N'Kobe Dean. Uh, I was really excited when the Eagles drafted him, um, but he's just been unlucky when it comes to the injuries. Um, also, you look at guys like Fletcher Cox and uh, Kenny Gainwell, where Derek Gunn is now saying that they are suffering rib injuries. We think that Fletcher Cox is playing on Thursday. We don't know about Kenny Gainwell yet. So does this mean more DeAndre Swift touches? Does it mean that Dallas, uh, Dallas Goddard's going to get more targets? Uh, we really don't know, but I, I hope that there's more Dallas Goddard targets this week. Well, go back to the backfield, though. I mean, and that's the beauty of them coming in. They felt really good about their group and the fact oh, that they could 
go week to week and, and give you a different look and a guy that's got a different skill set or, or some combination of these guys. Uh, and also when you're when you've got an injury and you're down a guy, you got three other guys that you can rely upon so many that you can't have them all active, uh, which is why it was what Penny was the, the one that was inactive the other day, if I'm not mistaken. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it gives you that flexibility. And frankly, I, I like the approach. I do. Um, you can see where Howie Roseman and the front office over the years, they want to put their resources, um, not at linebacker, not at running back. They'll spend big on defensive line, pass rusher, cornerback, uh, obviously wide receiver in the quarterback position too as well. Uh, so when you got to pay all those positions, you really can't. That's why the Jonathan Taylor thing never made any sense to me. And I never got any indication that they were in on that because I kept being told we love our group. This is a great group. This is not just like, well, we've only got so much money to spend. Like, no, it's, it's, there was some, uh, uh, combination. Hang on a second. Uh, there's some kind of combination and chemistry that they liked that they had. Uh, so they wanted to make sure that they kept that going. Sorry. I just want to make sure nobody interrupts us here with this phone call. <laughs> um, oh. so switching over to the Colts, the Colts looked pretty good and then they kind of fizzled out towards the end uh what are some keys to success that the colts need to uh to to use this week yeah uh, you 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 pretty much committed to that though right i mean by going with anthony richardson you gotta realize it's you're gonna ride the ups and the downs and, and certainly with jonathan taylor out um it, you know you, you you make this the throws and the reads as easy as possible for anthony richardson you let him get out and use his legs. I mean, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, Justin Fields, the conversation, well, he's got to use his legs less. Anthony Richardson's got to use his legs more, right? And don't get hurt, but get out there and make some plays and get into the feel of playing a game and being successful on the NFL level and then let everything else kind of come along. And it's a guy coming into the draft that we were talking about him uh, really needing some seasoning, some time to get used to uh, how the NFL uh, game works, the, the flow of offenses, the idea of the concepts. Um, but pre-draft, he apparently did very well. And and you heard the Colts say this as well. And certainly they're, they're putting him out there week one shows their trust in him and his ability to adapt uh, immediately. So Look, the more tape you get out there, the more defenses are going to see what gives this guy trouble and how can we uh, create some looks that are going to throw him off a little bit. So he's going to have to counter that. It, it's going to be it's going to be up and down. And I think as you come out of the season, you say, all right, maybe there's not this smooth progression with him. I think there's enough of these peaks here and you start to see the ability and then you go into year two and you say, all right, let's take this and let's be more consistent along this upper line. That's my understanding for uh, what they feel like they want to get from Anthony Richardson in year one. hundred percent. That guy is so athletic too. I got the opportunity to do a press conference with him uh, at training camp this year. That guy is big. He is a huge guy, very athletic. Can't wait to see where he goes yeah. with this team. I think we just, with the Colts, we just need to see uh, Jonathan Taylor back, hopefully soon. Um, hopefully that drama gets resolved and uh, we see Jonathan Taylor being able to back up uh, Anthony Richardson in the backfield. Yeah, um, I know this, that there have been some folks who have communicated with the, with the Colts front office. And back in the late summer, it was like, look, we, we've wiggled out of a lot of uncomfortable situations in large part because of ownership and Jim Irsay kind of doing what Jim Irsay does. We don't know that we're going to be able to get out from under this one. Um, and so I still think that there's a lot of work to do. And I, 
I'm I'm 50-50 on whether it's going to wind up in a trade. I know that that's definitely a strong possibility here. Um, and it's kind of frustrating to me as somebody who covers this and watches the league that it has to wait four weeks uh, for this to happen when the, the you know, the, the sources, you can figure out maybe who they are, are saying, he's healthy now. He can pass a physical right now. Well, you know what? He played that card of I'm injured. I can't practice. And that's kind of why we got where we are. And, and the Colts, I really think called his bluff in a lot of ways with the physically unable to perform list. So, yeah, you hope it, uh, it resolves itself. Jonathan Taylor is a great guy, great player. I do want to see him back on the field, whether it's in a Colts uniform or, or somebody else's. 100%. So, Mike, when we started this podcast, I mentioned how the Chiefs lost to the Lions. Uh, when you look at that game, you really it puts it in perspective that no team is going to be the same as last year. Um, yeah. What does this loss mean for the Chiefs, and what does this win mean for the Lions? Well, it means a lot for the Lions, and um, I, I, I really do. And Mike Tirico, I know what he was saying at the end of that game, but the, the asterisk comment was taken the wrong way. Not not taken the wrong way, but it it, it came off a certain way. Um, and that upset a lot of people in Detroit. I, I, I don't think that there needs to be an asterisk there. Um, I know what Tariko was saying, which is things may have been different if Travis Kelsey was on the field and Chris Jones as well. Um, but the Lions can only play who, who they've got in front of them. And uh, they did a great job at the end of the season last year uh, with that game where they were already eliminated, going out and beating the Packers. And that was their reward was like, okay, we're going to give you a shot. Thank you for doing that. You made that because the NFL wants these games to be competitive uh, and they want them to be uh, competitive enough that they're going to result in good ratings. And and the Lions did their part in that game. So I was like, you know what? Thank you. Now you get to start the season week one uh, and get a chance to really set the tone for your own team. And I thought Dan Campbell, the way that he said uh, to his players, you know, we expected to win this game, uh, start to think, with that mentality or continue to think with that mentality because uh, he believes that it, it was instilled in this team coming into the season. So I, I remember at training camp and, and Campbell saying uh, when we talked to him, everybody's high on us. There's so much energy. There's so much excitement and, and, and optimism. We didn't make the playoffs. We didn't win the division. Like guys need to understand this is all great and we should feed into this, but don't act like you've arrived and understand there's still work to be done. So uh, for them to show up hungry and do what they did in week one, I thought that was fantastic uh, and showing the resilience the way that they did, you know, for the chiefs, <clears throat> Patrick Mahomes has had times where receivers have dropped balls the way Kadarius Tony did and, and didn't perform a certain way. Uh, so you get Chris Jones back and you, uh, and you get uh, Travis Kelsey back now and you say, all right, now we got our full compliment. Let's come out strong. Let's come out uh, and, and, have a statement win. Who do they have this week? I don't even remember. I know I looked at it a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they have got the Jacksonville Jaguars, the hot Jaguars, who I'm very high on. We just played the Indianapolis Colts in Jacksonville. Uh, so that's a fascinating game setting up because either the Jaguars are 2-0 and uh, and really starting to show that, that they're to be reckoned with. And perhaps with their schedule being as easy as it is, this winds up uh, as some kind of tiebreaker. So this is a huge game for them. And for the Chiefs, obviously, it's about getting right. If they're 0-2, losing to the Jaguars here, and uh, now all of a sudden you start to say, okay, what is this Is this team uh, really got some significant holes that need to be addressed? Yeah, 100%. Um, I love the Lions. I love their squad. Um, and I also love the Jaguars. Going into this week, I got to talk to Doug Peterson at the Combine. Mm -hmm. So 
he was very confident on this team. So I'm very excited to uh, to to see this squad once again this week. Uh, they played tremendous against the Colts. They didn't give up, and uh, we saw the result of that. So I'm very excited for this week for for that game. Um, so my next question is. What are you looking forward to most this season? You know, we got week one under the, uh, in the books. So what are you looking forward to? And uh, what team are you looking forward to watching the rest of this season? I mean, it was the Jets. And, and look, I'm still I, – we're sitting here. We're, we're doing this the day after the Aaron Rodgers injury. Um, and, you know, when it happened and we knew it was significant, we said, uh, that's, that's it for the Jets. The season's over. And by the time I left MetLife Stadium um, – I, I'm they can make the playoffs, right? Zach Wilson was five and one as a starter last year <clears throat> without his full complement of weapons around him last year uh, when they went into the bye week. And after that, it tailed off. And this team is better than that team last year. And he's going to be better. Is it marginally better or is it enough better? And and certainly they have to now go back to the drawing board and say, the way we were going to attack offenses, we can't do that anymore. We're going to rely more on the running game, more on our defense, lower scoring games. And Zach's going to have to make plays and not make mistakes. <clears throat> and what he did on Monday night, he threw an interception. And previously, it would have tanked, gone down, or, or even stayed flat. And it, it would not have gone up. His play went up after that. And he was nine for 13 with I think for 99 yards and a touchdown beyond that. And when he went back to the sideline, Nathaniel Hackett, another guy that's certainly taken his licks in the last year, Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator for the Jets, told him, hey, listen, uh, relax, let it go. Just let it go. And he loved him up, which has been a big theme with the Jets under Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and he said, I don't, you know, I, I, maybe Wilson was expecting a different reaction, but the way he responded to that, I thought showed a different Zach Wilson. Uh, I love uh, stories of guys that get a chance uh, at, uh, you know, having a career renaissance or um, rejuvenation. What's the word I'm looking for, Gio? Maybe you can help me out with it. But uh, redemption, redemption. I knew it was an R word. Uh, I love redemption stories. So you've got Zach Wilson, uh, his offense coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett. And you got his quarterbacks coach, uh, Todd Downing, uh, who was let go by the Tennessee Titans. That's a trio of possible redemption stories in a team that's still got enough talent to compete. So they're right in my backyard. I live here in North Jersey. I'm going to see them a bunch still going forward. I'm not rooting for – I'm not a fan uh, as a reporter. I'm, I'm, I'm objective. But, you know, when you get a chance to see that and be around that sometimes, there's a lot of life lessons in there. So we'll see what happens with the Jets – I, I love when you get a chance at redemption in this league and uh, if you take advantage of that. Yeah, I loved watching that Jets game last night. I'll tell you, I was freaking out and I don't even like watch the Jets like that. Like I don't the watch thing? them that heavy. <clears throat> um, but what does this Aaron Rodgers injury mean for the Jets in that quarterback situation? Because I've seen a lot yeah. of rumors about what the quarterback situation is going to be. I don't, I don't buy those. Um, Jet sources have have told me adamantly, uh, and and Robert Sala is going to talk in about an hour from when we're recording this, so maybe he'll have reiterated it by that point. Um, Zach Wilson's the guy. Zach Wilson gives them the best chance to win uh Tom the Tom Brady stuff is is wild to me because I don't think Tom Brady was that good last year um you know yeah it's a it's a it's a legendary quarterback but I think last year showed me it was time I think last year showed 
Tom Brady, it was time. You know, I, mean, I think he hung on one year too long. And so, you know, Baker Mayfield takes virtually the same team, goes into Minnesota and wins in week one, whereas Tom Brady couldn't beat a quarterbackless Browns team last year. And so I, I don't know what he does for you that the upside of Zach Wilson can't. I mean, there was a long-term plan for the Jets for Zach Wilson to hang around Aaron Rodgers uh, see what he's about. The two of them had a friendship even before Rodgers arrived at the Jets. And so it was kind of like what we're seeing from Jordan Love, at least to start here, which is a better Jordan Love. Just being around Aaron Rodgers and, and seeing him and learning what he does made him better. And the Jets were like, look, we're, we're making this trade for Aaron Rodgers. But if we also get a better Zach Wilson that can take this team back, and Rodgers has said he wanted to turn it over to him, that's the cherry on top of this whole thing. You're getting basically two quarterbacks for one. That was a long-term goal. Now it's got to be the short-term plan, okay? Because Aaron Rodgers' uh, Achilles has accelerated that. So it's not ideal for the Jets, but this is part of the whole big picture for them. And Wilson's got to answer the bell. Yeah, I'm excited to see Wilson. I'm very excited to see him. Um, I think last night he proved that he can be that guy, just like you said, being around Aaron Rodgers. And yeah. Aaron Rodgers isn't just going to up and leave the team. He's still going to be there this season after he uh, – I don't know if he's getting surgery or how he's going to heal that. But after he uh, heals up a little bit, he's going to be around Zach Wilson still. So I'm excited to see uh, how Zach Wilson uh, progresses as a player with Aaron Rodgers in his ear. Um, mm -hmm. So – my last question for you. Yeah. Um, I got one more question. Uh -oh. So on my podcast and all my shows, I do a anti-bullying question so we yeah. can stop bullying on uh, Twitter, social medias, and in person. So my question for you is, uh, what is one way as a society, in your opinion, that we can end bullying for kids? Teach the kids the value of communicating in person because there's so much that happens. And you know what? Teach adults too, right? Because everybody hides behind their anonymous Twitter accounts and their phones and their keyboards and their laptops and their tablets. And um, the communication virtually is ugly. And a lot of people will say things um, virtually that they would never say in person. And, and in some cases, maybe they would. And, and that's another thing that needs to be addressed. But the notion that um, that's not real communication. Um, real communication is people face-to-face uh, -face working out their differences if there are some um, as, um, you know, as, as maturely as they can. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. And it, and it starts with, you know, parenting and, and mentors. That's why it's on me as a father of two to make sure that uh, my daughters understand the value of real face-to-face -face communication uh, and being real with people. So it's it's a challenge. It's always going to be a challenge. Uh, but, you know, we hope that at some point this will um, be something that will improve as a society. And I have hope for that. I do. Um, and I'll, I'm going to do my part, Gio, you know. I have hope, too, um, every day, just trying to make anybody's day better. So maybe yeah. I'll pass that along. So. I I got one question for you, if, if I can, before I let, before you let me go. Yeah, what's that? Uh, I'm from Philly. Uh, Colleen Wolf was from Colleen Wolf has been on this podcast before, correct? Last week. <laughs> Last week. Yeah. Wait a second. How many times she been on? Uh, twice. It was her second time last week. All right. Well, I think I know the answer to this then already. Who did a better job, me or Colleen Wolf? <laughs> 
You, you could take either one of her appearances or both of them combined. Don't answer the question, Gio. You don't have to answer <laughs> the question. We're all friends here. And uh, I love Colleen. She's great. I love to work with her. I still get the chance to do it. Uh, Thursday night uh, football, NFL game day kickoff on NFL Network before the Thursday night games. Unfortunately, she's not on site. She's in the, the studio. We're at the games. But we still get to have that inter interplay back and forth. And uh, it, it's a Philly thing. You know, it's a Philly it thing. It is. It's a Philly thing. <laughs> Thanks for coming on today, Mike. Gio, you got it, my man. Uh, enjoy this NFL season. Like I said, best sport in the world and uh, most emotion-packed sport in the world. And if if week one is any indication, we're in for a great uh, full season and postseason in 23. Yes, sir.